and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Well, how many is glad they got out of bed and came to church on Sunday? Come on. Wow, what an incredible sense of the presence of the Lord this morning. Man, I'm glad to be in church. I don't know about you. How many had coffee this morning? Anybody have their coffee? Anybody could use another cup? Anybody? Yeah, you could always use another cup. Well, hey, I've got, um, I've got a message that's really been on my heart for the last few weeks. And specifically, last weekend, uh, Sunday, Pastor Chad brought a phenomenal message. And he talked about a dream he had. And uh, well, I'll just save you the, the rewind here. Go back and watch that message if you weren't here. And the basic gist of the, the dream he had was this urgency to get ready for what's what's here and what's coming. And I just want to capitalize on that. I feel like that was a, the word of the Lord. And um, before we get started, I, I felt also today, I just wanted to give honor where honors due. The, the staff, our lead pastors, Pastor Chad and Tasha, and they didn't ask me to do this, but they literally had Easter and then Embrace and then this Freedom Conference back to back to back. And we get to see the fruit of that on the stage, but the behind the scenes, it is so busy and there's so many moving parts and and uh, long hours and lots of planning and prayer and all these things. And it was just back to back to back. And so can we just take a second and just recognize and honor the staff, our lead pastors? Come on, what do you think about? Just, yeah. Come on, give them honor. That's, uh, it's biblical. Love you guys. Really beautiful thing to see men and women of God in this hour pioneering the way for a move of God. It's going to be harder and harder to find in these hours. And so we got a good thing going here. Amen. All right, grab your Bibles, turn to James chapter 1, uh, verse 2. And I uh, reference this, the, these couple of verses here in James quite a bit in the last few years. And it seems to kind of be the, uh, the theme of my life. Not so fun, but it is glorious. And uh, we're going to start there today. And if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to take notes today. You can always, uh, you always leave with something you didn't come with if you just write some things down. And don't feel like you have to write everything down, but if something stands out to you or you hear something, you're like, wow, write that thing down, take it with you, turn it into prayer, uh, meditate on it through the week, and God, the Holy Spirit will reveal more to you. All right, if you're taking notes, the, the title of my message today is End Time Pains and End Time Gains, all right? James chapter 1, verse 2, check this out. Consider it a gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Now we all want to punch James in the throat, don't we? You know that under, what's that next word, church? Come on. Pressure, your faith life, pressure does something. It forces your faith life to the surface, out into the open, and it shows its true colors. So, Conclusion, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Trust God's timing. Let it, let it, what is it? It is pressure. Let pressure do its work so that you become mature, well-developed, and not deficient in any way. Amen. Can we just pray one, one time real quick together as we jump into this this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here in these moments. We treasure these days in these moments where you're moving so, so tangibly, and we just, we love it. 
God, we ask you that you would take control of these few moments and say what it is in your heart that you want to say to your church, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, slap your neighbor one more high five. Come on, like you're not scared of COVID. Well, I don't know if you guys are like me when it comes to working out, but uh, I enjoy the end result, but I strongly dislike the process. Anybody else? Come on. Amen. Give me a donut. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Of course, I don't take responsibility for that. uh, I blame the Book It program. Anybody else? Anybody remember Book It? Come on, where's all the 90s kids in here? Book It, right? If you're unfamiliar for all you youngsters in the house, Uh, When I was in elementary school, uh, Pizza Hut decided that the best way to solve the illiteracy problem was to offer children a free personal pan pizza if they read four books, or in my case, if you told your teacher you read four books. (laughs) Yeah, it was great great when you were a kid because you got pizza for doing your homework, but 25 years later, nobody's making you read books and you're addicted to pizza, okay? Not so great for the dad bod. To make matters worse, Bath and Body Works, I don't know if you've been there recently, but that it has a mashed potato scented candle. You know what I'm talking about? How messed up are you if you want the smell of buttery mashed potatoes in your house at all times? (laughs) Guilty. You get the buy one, get one free, you get mashed potatoes and gravy, burn them together. Go to sleep in heaven. It's if the, if the process wasn't so painful, right? If I could just get to the end result without the inconvenience and the discomfort, right? If I could just get the CrossFit thighs and not have to give up my McDonald's fries. Unfortunately, there's no shortcuts and no opt-outs. There's only one road that leads to the glorious end of the dad bod, and that's through the road called inconvenience and discomfort. And we all said, boo, right? I can't speak for you guys, but uh, when I read those verses in James, I really love the end result that we find in those verses when we open up spiritually mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. Sign me up, right? But when it comes to the journey that it takes to get there, not so excited about that, right? As we find James teaching us something that's really important And it's going to become more and more apparent and more and more important the closer we get to the Lord's return that in the kingdom, pressure and blessing are often served on the same plate, right? That our pain, the pressure, it's intended to become this radical process to make us look more like Jesus. That God often takes the pressures that feel like they're overwhelming us and he puts them to work for us. And when we're trying to get out of the pressure as quickly as possible, God's wanting us to get as much out of the pressure as possible, right? Let it do its work so that you become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. Let me just bring this into the year 2021. It's easy to look at the last 12 months in history like this monumental setback, right? You turn on the news and you got racial strife, pandemic, political unrest, economic stability. We see wicked agendas being pushed at the highest levels. But when man sees a setback, church, God sees a setback, a setup. There isn't a hand dealt to us that God can't win with. There's no way around it. 
We are at a crossroads in human history, right? And I mean, life will never be like it was before the year 2020 ever again. It just won't. And I don't necessarily like that pressure, but I am aware that it is producing something glorious and necessary in us. I mean, let's just look at the shift that we're experiencing just as a church community, right, in the last six to eight months. If you've been here for the last eight months, I I mean, in any measure of consistency, I'm positive that you've had to sense something even at some level, right? There's a change taking place. Our conversations have changed. The way we talk to God has changed. Our urgency has changed. Our focus has shifted. Our faith is increasing. Our passion for Jesus is greater. We're singing our songs differently in case you didn't notice. Our sermons that we're preaching, they're different because increased pressure, it forces things to the surface that wouldn't come out otherwise. Don't you know that under pressure, your faith life, it's forced into the open to show its true colors. It's the new conversations being birthed and the new ideas born out of this pressure. They're actually opening our hearts in tenderness towards God in a new way as we lean into him more and more. Let it do its work. Let it do its work. Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. This is the storyline. Get familiar with the storyline. Pressure and blessing, pressure and blessing. It's the storyline of the end of the age. Or what can we expect in the generation when the Lord's going to return? What can we inspect? Increased pressure and increased blessing, pains and gains served up, piping hot on the same plate. Yum, yum, right? So I want to dive into these two ideas with you this morning a little bit. In the context of the hour that we're living in, I really feel like this is what the Lord's saying to the church. And I just want to get into the Bible, see what he has to say about it. Now, disclaimer, this is new territory for me brand new territory, but I'm feeling drawn into this conversation. Again, our sermons are changing. Like they have to change, church. They cannot stay the same. We are living in unusual days and it just can't be business as usual. I mean, everybody wants God to do a new thing just as long as it looks like it's always looked before, right? I want to know the biblical narrative surrounding the end times. I want to understand the day we're living in what's coming and what is our response supposed to be as God's people as we see God's plan unfolding at the end of the age? What's, our, what's supposed to be our response? This is so important for us as Jesus followers to have an understanding of the biblical narrative for what's going to happen and why, because it's only through the biblical narrative that God's people are going to be able to process the pressures coming upon us in a way that it helps us grow better and not bitter. Get offended at Jesus' leadership. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying everybody's got to become an expert in this, obviously, but I think we all need to start leaning into this conversation little by little and more and more. Yeah. Number one, if you're taking notes, end time pains. Matthew chapter 24, and turn to verse six. God help us. Here we go. You will hear in this. So Jesus' disciples give you a little context. Jesus' disciples come to Jesus. They say, hey, Jesus, what's going to be the signs of your return? 
What's going to be the signs that you're coming back? The end of the age. Show us. And here's his response. Matthew chapter 24, verse 6. You will hear of wars and revolutions on every side. With more rumors of wars to come. And I love this verse. Don't panic or give in to fear. You better underline that, highlight it, circle it, and tattoo it on your arm. Don't panic or give in to your fears. For the breaking apart of the world systems, it's destined to happen. It's part of my plan. Right? But it won't be the end yet. It will still be unfolding. Verse 7. Nations will go to war against nations. Kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be terrible earthquakes. Horrible epidemics. Famines in place after place. And this is what I want you to get. This is how what Jesus calls the birth pains of the new age will begin. This is how it's going to start. The birth pains of the new age. Verse 9, you can expect to be persecuted, even killed. For you will be hated by all nations because of me. Then, everybody say then. Many will stop following me and fall away. And they'll betray one another and hate one another. And many lying prophets will arise. So much deception, deceiving multitudes and leading many away from the path of truth. There will be such an increase of sin, of lawlessness, and for those whose heart once burned with passion for God will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Yet, everybody say yet. Through it all, through all of this, right? The good news of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. And after that, the end of the age will arrive. Matthew 24. It's Jesus' famous chapter where he taught on the end times. Jesus' disciples come to him and they ask, what will be the sign of your coming? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And for the remaining verses in the chapter, Jesus begins to identify 12 negative trends or signs that will indicate the generation of the Lord's return. Okay? Now, we're not going to look at all this. I just want to bring us into the conversation. Not my goal to look at all this. I do want to look at a few things here that stand out to me, but even more than that, and the even greater challenge of my heart is let's get into this conversation together. We, people are afraid of this conversation because it's sparked a spirit of debate. That's not the point, right? Let's start paying attention to this, taking it seriously. God, we want to understand the day we're living in, what's coming, and how we're supposed to respond, right? So we find Jesus responding to his disciples' question, about the last days in verse six, and Jesus says this, make sure that you don't give into panic or bow down to fear, okay? There is a reason why one of the first things Jesus opens up with in his famous teaching about the end times is don't be afraid, don't bow down to panic, don't give in to fear, and it's because there will be more things taking place than ever before in human history that will try to overwhelm us with fear and panic right? That even though our natural eyes, our natural man is looking at this Matthew 24 end time events and we're saying, I don't like this. I mean, like I'm with you hundred percent. I'm with you guys. Nobody reads Matthew 24 
and their knee-jerk reaction is like, boy, I can't wait for that, right? But when Jesus says, this is no time for you to give into panic or fear, what he's saying is, you can trust my leadership. It's all going to make sense when it's over, right? You can stand in confidence that my plan is perfect and my plan is good, even when it doesn't look perfect or good. You can trust me. So little by little, we grow into this end time conversation together. And little by little, we realign ourselves to it so that as pressure and trouble increases, our anxiety doesn't. Jesus, we trust your leadership. We see what you're doing, God. We see it and we're gonna set our hearts towards you now more than ever, right? Because we understand the times. We're gonna get really intentional right now about our spiritual life. We're going to lean into godly relationships and give ourselves to prayer and the word now more than ever. And I'm not talking about hours and hours a day, obviously, but little by little, we're going to get more intentional to grow in this daily. This is not the hour. Please hear my heart. This is not the hour to be distracted and disconnected. This is not the day to be preoccupied and unavailable. This is not the time to be idle and uninterested. We really want to give ourselves to the things of God in a new way right now. And and again, this isn't doom and gloom preaching. I've never been that guy to try to fear you into serving the Lord. God knows my heart. It's actually the goodness of God that he gives us a heads up so we can make adjustments little by little, right? It's so kind of our father to give us a heads up and not overwhelm us with all this in a minute because we wouldn't be able to make those deep heart changes in a minute. This stuff takes time to walk out. To use an analogy that I think it really helps to bring us into where we're at in this timeline. You guys okay? Uh, It's like the church is swimming against a one mile an hour current, right? And now I'm talking about the resistance coming against us from the culture, And in the spirit, resistance against the message of Jesus, biblical values, so on and so forth. You can see it, right? The current is one mile an hour now, right? It takes some effort to swim against a one mile an hour current, and it's more difficult to stay the course for the long haul. But the issue is, one day it's going to increase to two miles an hour. In other words, it's never going to go back to zero again. It's going to go from two, and then to three, And eventually it's going to be five miles an hour one day. And we simply won't thrive, church, when the current increases if we're not intentional now to go deeper in God and deeper in our relationships with the people of God. Make sure you don't give in to panic and fear. Jesus, we trust your leadership. We really don't want to take this one mile an hour season for granted. Hear my heart, right? We don't want to treat this season casually. We've got to be intentional about turning some things off and getting rid of some things and reordering our time and getting into right relationships and changing our conversations. This is not the hour to be stuck in anger and bitterness and resentment. This is not the hour to be comparing yourselves with other people or addicted to entertainment or whatever the 20 other things you could fill in the blank with. We want to get serious in a real way about what God is saying and doing right now while the current's only at one mile an hour because it's the only place where we're going to find peace. It's time to get serious and serious in a real way. 
the days of playing church are over. They have to be. Jesus continues in verse 7. Look at this. Nation will rise against nation. The Greek word used for nation here is the word ethnos. Ethnic group against ethnic group. We can all see this, correct? Radical conflict from ethnic group to ethnic group. It's going to explode more and more the closer we get to the return of the Lord. In other words, what we're seeing today is mild compared to what it's going to be in the future. And the ethnic tension and that pressure, it's, it already has, but it will increase. It will, it, there'll be so many different responses from all over the earth. We're seeing it to a degree, but it will increase. Again, why are we talking about this? So we don't look at this and go, oh no, what are we going to do? Right? But we, are, but we see these signs, they're increasing, and our response has to be that we are increasingly setting our hearts to trust Jesus' leadership. We know, his, we know that his plan for this hour is perfect. We refuse to give in to panic. We refuse to bow down to fear, but rather we're going to be filled with expectation and hope that God is about to transition the planet to the age to come. When Jesus will establish his kingdom all over the earth and he'll wipe away your tears from all eyes and death shall be no more and the former things will pass away and we get to be a part of this. Wow, although there is pressure leading into it. Jesus continues, nation will go to war against nation, kingdoms against kingdoms, and there will be terrible earthquakes, horrible epidemics, and famines in place after place. This is how the birth pains of the new age will begin. I'm the first one to say it, COVID was awful, is awful. I'm not here to debate if it was fully true, half true, and all this is all the opinions. I'm not here to debate that. I'm just saying it's the most intense we've experienced this far in, in terms of its impact in, in, in implications in the earth. It's the worst we've seen, but it won't be the last, and it won't be the worst when we look back for some years from now. There will be terrible earthquakes, horrible epidemics, and famines place after place. This is how the birth pains of the new age will begin. Right? All the women in the room who've had a baby, they can relate to this word birth pains, right? Uh, and I'm sure you'll all agree on the way that birth pains work. The closer you get to giving birth, the more the pressure gets intense and the reprieves get shorter. The pressure gets more intense and the reprieves in between them get shorter. And so as followers of Jesus, we're watching some of these things unfold to some degree. We're seeing COVID. We see economic crisis. We're seeing this push towards globalization and increased ethnic tension. And you got the media exploiting crisis and pushing their agendas and on and on and on, right? We all see it. We can get panicked and fearful or we can lift our eyes to heaven and realize the significance of the hour. This is how the birth pains will begin the birth pains of the new age. God is using these birth pains to bring a new world order called the millennial kingdom with a resurrected king on the throne in Jerusalem and the whole earth like the Garden of Eden. And love and humility and unity will fill the earth. That's what's being birthed. And there will be, and, and this is where God is bringing this thing. This is, his, this is his end time goal and we get to be a part of it. Jesus has more to say. Verse 9, 
Then they'll deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you'll be hated by all nations for my namesake. And I know this is intense. I'm there, right there with you. There will come a time in history, church. I hope you hear this. Where before the Lord returns, where it won't just be ridicule against God's people, it will be rage. It won't just be hostility. It'll be hatred. Right now, the nations are ridiculing people who love Jesus and his word. I mean, they see God's word as bondage, right? They see God's word as old-fashioned and outdated, but there will be a day when they won't just ridicule us on Facebook and cancel us on social media with cancel culture and all of this. You will be hated by all nations for my namesake, and they will put you to death. This is real, right? Not just in communist China, but in the earth. And I'm not saying like, I'm like this is going to happen to everybody, but I do believe it's going to happen to enough people. Enough people are going to be hated and killed for the name of Jesus that it will get the attention of every believer and we will have to decide, are we in at that level or not? Right? Is Jesus really who he says he is? Is this just a cool sermon or do I actually buy it? It may not touch me in that level in a personal way, but it will happen to enough people where we will all have to reckon with it in a personal way. God is giving us time in his grace and mercy to think these things through and little by little align ourselves with his heart, his plan, and his people. Is Jesus worth it? Is the resurrection real? Are we really going to live for billions of years with Jesus in perfect glory? Is Jesus really a resurrected man coming back to the planet? Are my choices in this age really going to affect what takes place in the age to come? Is Jesus just a nice addendum to my life? Or is he God? We're going to have to reckon with this. It's intense. I, I agree. I don't like this. I don't really get a vote. But I can realign myself little by little. As we look at this, you know, I'm with you. I feel myself wanting to drift into, oh no, what are we going to do? But God's saying it's one mile an hour now. It's going to be two in a minute. I'm going to lean into the Lord in a greater way right now. I'm going to make some decisions for humility. I'm going to make some decisions for kindness and for mercy. I'm going to make some decisions with my money. I'm going to make some decisions with how I spend my time. I'm going to start talking to God differently. I'm going to start making some of those small decisions right now. You know that under pressure, faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. So you become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. Number two, end time gains. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, do you even lift? <clears throat> Check this out. Yet through it all, through all of those pressures, the good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world. You ought to thank God every day you belong to a church that preaches the message of the kingdom. It'll be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. And after that, the end of the age will arrive. End time pains end time gains. Yes, we will experience increased pressure in these last days, but at the same time, church, we are going to experience the greatest 
outpouring of the Holy Spirit in human history. And the most dynamic and powerful demonstration of the reality of God the earth has ever seen. So even though the enemy's actions and man's sin, they're contributing to the pressures we face the closer we get to the Lord's return, the Lord is also in his wisdom giving more space to man's darkness because he understands that the pressure will ultimately create the perfect environment for the church to be revived and for the great end time revival and a harvest of souls to come into the kingdom. The Lord in his wisdom and goodness will use the least severe means to bring the greatest number of people into the deepest level of love. And those two things working in tandem, pressure and blessing, they will create an optimum environment for the church to be rescued out of compromise and spiritual dullness and spiritual boredom and thrust into her fullness in God and people, a people adorned in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, holy and without blemish. Jesus, we trust your leadership. And as racial tension mounts in the culture, the church is going to experience a level of unity in the spirit like we've never known before. There will be such a supernatural unity, honor, and love in the body of Christ for one another. It will be the greatest social miracle in history, the transformation of the church in one generation. Mm, Thank you, God. And that unity and that love will shine like a fire into a broken world and it will draw millions to Jesus. And we get to be a part of it. And as fear and anxiety run rampant in the earth, the church is gonna be overcome by a tangible presence and power of God. We are gonna be radiant with supernatural security and peace. And we're gonna carry that in a way where all eyes will have to see it. And with sickness and disease and torment increase everywhere, the church is going to experience the greatest move of the power and presence of God to heal the sick and deliver the bound and set the captives free. And it will garner the attention of the whole earth and it will sweep millions of people into the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. And just like the waves of pressure will continue to come and pains will get more intense and reprieves will get shorter, so will the glory in the demonstration of God. Amen. If the band wants to come on up, let me read one more thing to you here. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 24, it's a, uh, again, this is new territory for me. So I just appreciate our church family Matthew 24, it's the the signs that indicate the return of the Lord. Then he goes on in Matthew 25, and he gives some parables. Parables are to help us to understand how are we supposed to respond when we see these things coming to pass. Check this out. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then, when is then? Then is when we see these signs coming to pass. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take oil with them. 
but the wise took flasks of oil and their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they became drowsy and slept. Verse 6. But at the midnight hour, there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom. Come out and meet him. Thank you so much then for all joining those us. Virgins, Special all thanks to ten those of you rose who up, to this ministry. trimmed their lamps, of you that this ministry is possible. and the foolish you said to the wise, the give the us some of your oil. Or visit desolatechurch.me slash give. Don't forget Verse to subscribe nine, and share with your friends. Answered, saying, love Since you there and have is a not enough week. of us in you, go buy yourself, go buy your own. Because preparedness isn't transferable. 10. Verse 10. And while they were going, while the, the foolish virgins were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Afterward, the five foolish virgins came also saying, Lord, open to us. We're ready. But he answered, truly I say to you, I don't know you. Verse 13. So watch, therefore. Watch, therefore. You don't know the day or the hour. We just encourage you, get into Matthew 24 and 25. Lots of implications to these parables. One being, Jesus is coming back. The bridegroom is coming back in the context of releasing waves after wave after wave of revival progressively increasing until the end. The waves of the Spirit's activity, they will increase. We're sensing it now, but it's just a trickle compared to what it's going to be leading up to the great end time revival. When the midnight hour arose and we heard a cry, behold the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. In other words, we have to go out and meet him. We have to make the necessary efforts to position ourselves to encounter him. I don't want to miss this last great move of God. Through worship, prayer, and obedience, and the word, he's calling us to cultivate oil now. Oil represents the presence of the Holy Spirit touching our hearts and making us tender towards Jesus as we're intentional to spend time with Him. There will be a divide. Pastor Chad talked about it last week. Take note, there will be a divide. It's beginning a little. You can see it with COVID and some of that. It's a little bit of pressure. See the divide it created five wise virgins and there were five foolish people who gave themselves to cultivating oil and people who did not right but it was only the five wise ones who said I am going to do whatever I have to to cultivate oil I'm going to make it a priority in my life I'm going to lean into this I'm going to lean into this I'm going to cultivate oil it was only those who were allowed to come into the wedding feast on the first night the wedding feast back in those days oftentimes lasted seven days but only the most intimate and close friends got to come in the first night they got to experience the choicest part of the feast 
most beautiful part of the banquet and all the rest of the seven days, but only the five who said, I will give myself to get oil now. Only those five were able to come in. And that, that's the yearning of my heart. Let's get oil, church. Let's get oil. Not just a few of us, not just the, the pastors and the worship team, Let's all go get some oil so we can go into this thing together. Do you realize how glorious and beautiful this last move of God is going to be? It's going to pale anything that has happened previous in comparison. It's going to be, there's no words. It's going to be heaven on earth. And then we'll see him coming in the clouds of glory. The shout shout of the archangel and the trumpet of God and we'll be caught up together with him to meet him in the clouds and we'll be with him forever it's where it's all going and so here's my my question to you this morning as we close who says in their heart today I'll go get some oil I'm not saying hours and hours a day but I'm going to give myself in an intentional way to do this little by little to get into the secret place with God and cultivate a relationship and intimacy with Him little by little, day after day. If that's you and you say, I'm gonna go get some oil, would you stand to your feet? I don't wanna miss the first day of the feast. I don't wanna miss the, I don't wanna miss the first day. to be something more than just a cool sermon. Do you actually buy this? Do we actually buy it? Thank you, God. Can I pray over you today? Come on, if you're hungry for it want that intimacy you're longing for oil in your lamps would you lift up your hands come on again the five wise could not transfer preparedness to the five foolish you have to get your own oil the days of the pastor filling your lamps are over you got to go get your own oil come on let's start right now come on church behold the bridegroom Come out and meet him. Behold the beautiful Son of God. Come out from among them and be separate. Get your oil. Get your lamps filled. Come on, church. It's not a casual pursuit. The days of being casual about this are over. Do we really buy into the fact that we're going to live for billions and billions of years under Jesus' leadership in perfect glory? Or is it just what we do on Sundays? You're feeling drawn right now. We just want to make this place an altar. We want to make the house of God an altar to God. If that's you today, and you feel this drawing, Pastor Chad, feel free to step in anytime here. Hey, Steve, I just feel yeah. like, and I don't want to interrupt you, but no, I just feel go. like that this is a now message for the kingdom. And I feel like there's a stirring and a yearning in the room right now 
and you said something, we don't want to just be Sunday Christians. And so if you're willing today and you say, I'm done being a Sunday Christian and I'm ready to step out. I just, this, this was, Steve, I've heard you preach a lot of messages the last few years. And I told you after the last time there's a new anointing on you. Yes. Today's message was the best, most anointed, direct from the Lord. You just wrapped into words everything the Lord has been telling me for a year. Everything that like the Lord has been putting in my heart for a year, you just put it into words directly from Scripture. And I just feel like the Lord is saying to this room today, this isn't just another message. And I know that in 24 minutes, another service is supposed to start, but I don't care right now about that because we got to capitalize on this. And so if you're here today and you say, Pastor Chad, I'm done playing Sunday church. And you're saying, well, I haven't been playing Sunday church and this will be an easy response for you. But if you're saying I'm done playing Sunday church and I'm ready to be one of the five wise, I don't, I want to be prepared on my own and I'm ready. I want you down here now. I don't want you to delay. If that's you and you say, I'm ready now, I want you to move now. You ready to move now? I'm ready. I'm done playing church. I'm all in. That's the cry. That's what we started in 2020. But you're saying I'm all in. If they listen, if you say I'm already all in, then I want you down here too. Because I want to know who's, I want to know. Because here's the word the Lord's telling me, Pastor Steve, there's a remnant. There's a remnant. And I'm wondering, I just want to know who's the remnant. I just want to know who I can trust to charge hell with. That's what I want to know. Who's ready? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. The band is going to lead us, but right now, this is that moment. This isn't about him laying hands on you or me or anybody in this room. This is about you saying, I'm ready. Push in in right now. Push in. Don't rush. Let's go after God. Let's Let's take whatever time it is. If others come, they can sit in and get in on this. But right now, we're going to push. We're not playing Sunday church. Get on your knees. Get on your face. Whatever you need to do. But let's at least give another five, ten minutes here. And let's push into God and let's speak that name. Pastor Steve, anybody you feel, anything you feel led to pray. But I just felt like this wasn't just a, I'm going to raise my hands and walk out the doors. This was a, I'm going to take a step because I'm going all in. I'm going all in. And we're seeing who that is. Let's do it. Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts.